The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. We are reviewing a 12-team PPR mock draft that Heath wasn't even a part of. What's up with that, Heath? What? Um, I was not even at work that day. No, oh, what a shame. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. I missed you guys. Well, you know, it's good because you get to you get to look at it and take a step back and not worry about your team and have a more objective view of who did well and who didn't and give us the best picks and the worst picks. By the way, one team took Devontae Adams in round one and Tyreek Hill in round two. That's an interesting way to start. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about, I think, a really interesting thing is the wide receivers that went in round four versus the ones that went in round five. The ones that went in round four were these number one guys on probably bottom half, maybe bottom third offenses. The ones who went in round two were like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, talking about number two uh, wide receivers in some cases on much better offenses, which is the better strategy. Good morning to you, Jamie. How are you? Good morning to you. What's up? How are we doing? How are you? Good. What was that sound you made? I did a little, like a, you know, finger guns, winking. You, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the draft. We're gonna go round by round. Really, no news to talk about today, which is good. I don't think anyway. And uh, I mean, today's like one of the busiest news days in the season. Yes. Which reminds me, we're gonna have an episode tonight. <laughs> Thursday night, we're going to have an episode to talk about the schedule release. Won't be a long episode. We'll give you some of our key takeaways, our overall thoughts. Jamie, no, Heath, Heath, what was the best pick of the draft? I have three best picks. There were three picks that I really loved. Um, I thought Jack just had a really good draft, except for one pick. Um, but he took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at pick 71 overall into the sixth round. I liked that one a lot which wasn't quite as good as Scott Fish getting Miles Sanders at pick 87 early in round eight. thought that was fantastic. And then I just have to say it, Chris Towers, Jalen Hurts, round 10. Three rounds after Tom Brady, five rounds after Kyler Murray. Love Jalen Hurts in round 10. CEH at the end of round six, Miles Sanders in round eight, and Jalen Hurts in round 10. Who would you rather have, CEH at the end of round six or Miles Sanders 16 picks later? Uh, Sanders. All right. Jamie, what was the worst pick of the draft? 
I mean, I think it's unfortunately Devonta Adams at fifth overall. Um, he could still be amazing in that spot. He still could be as good as he's been in Green Bay with his buddy from college and Derek Carr, but it just felt way too soon. He was the second receiver off the board. Cooper Cup went first at fourth overall to you. Uh, but Adams ahead of, you know, running backs like Najee Harris and Derrick Henry ahead of uh, even Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase for me. Um, it just felt like a little bit of a reach. Just so you all know, if you're watching on YouTube, Shraggy B just posted a link to the draft. If you're just listening and you want to follow along, I'll put a link to the, to the draft in the episode description. I'll put it right at the top of the episode description and you can follow along and I think that'll be really helpful to you. So again, a programming note, we will have that episode tonight talking about the schedule release. We got three episodes next week. Monday, we got some key stats to talk about. I just read an interesting stat on Brown's rookie wide receiver, David Bell. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, Tuesday, workhorse My running. Guy. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, I think it's a good point. I, I overlooked him, Jamie, and, and you, you made sure that we're not going to, so I appreciate that. Uh, workhorse running backs who aren't very good. So that's our Tuesday topic. We can brainstorm now. Who's who's in that group? Because I remember last year, Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis, we talked about them a lot. Who is it this year? Is it Ezekiel Elliott, maybe? Who's the workhorse running back that's not very good? Not very good from the standpoint of Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis? I don't know if there is somebody like that this year. Yeah, I don't know if it gets that bad. Shaggy B and I were brainstorming, and we came up with the same names, and we were like, whoa, really? So Zeke... I, Heath's gonna kill me for the David Montgomery. Uh, he C, uh, maybe Ceh, although you know with Ronald Jones there, I don't know if he's, he's a not workhorse. a workhorse yeah, back at all. Not a workhorse. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if Zeke is either. Right, Barkley. We were thinking maybe he's not that good anymore. Uh, I two thoughts for me could be at some point Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce. I don't know if they're any good, but they could become workhorses. I don't know. I don't know. This might this might be a tough topic this year. May have to change the wording a little bit. I can't believe you said David Montgomery. Uh, yeah, I know. And Thursday. Well, wait, what's your definition of a workhorse running back, though? Like, what? how many touches, how many carries? Oh, go ahead, Heath, if you want to keep going. Or if you want to. I have a, no, I have, a, I have a spicy one, but I want to know your work, your definition of a workhorse running back first. But I, I have a spicy one. You know, it's like, uh, I think, how the Supreme Court defined, uh, or what is it? Obscene. You know it when you see it. Uh, because like Travis Etienne could be a workhorse running back and he could be bad in that role. I think a workhorse running back has have at least 15 carries and three catches, 18 touches. And to be not very good, you have to be below four yards per carry. I think that's pretty fair. And obviously you could be like Derrick Henry and not average three catches per game and be a workhorse, but 18 touches, is that a workhorse? So like if if we were talking about guys who were workhorse running backs who weren't very good last year, would a guy who had 381 touches, averaged 3.9 yards per carry, and only five yards per target count? <laughs> yes. Is that Kamara or something? No, no. That is Najee Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he needs another year of stinking per carry to be, uh, to be considered bad, but... but. Yes, <laughs> that kind of player. Yeah, if you if you were really not that good, then yeah, um, that's that's interesting. I don't think she's going to be part of that discussion though. Thursday, Dynasty tight ends mailbag, and and we'll think of uh, some other stuff to talk about. I don't think Dynasty tight ends is a, is a full show, but it'll be part of the show. All right, let's get into the draft. Here we go. So the first round, 
You did hear about Devontae Adams going fifth. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey are your first three picks. This is 12 teams. It is full PPR. It is three wide receivers uh, and a flex. So Taylor, Eckler, McCaffrey are your first three picks. I went with Cooper Cup, fourth. Then it was Devontae Adams, and then Derrick Henry. So your first six picks are four running backs and two wide receivers. You can expect Cup to be in there. Maybe the only wide receiver in the top six. But Devontae Adams, as Jamie mentioned, was a surprise. Now, a quick, quick detour. Jamie did a draft last night, and Cooper Cup went second. Yes, I did an analyst draft for uh, uh, another publication for a magazine. Um, I'm not going to reveal the majority of their content. But, yes, uh, Cooper Cup. I had the third pick. I uh, went Taylor one, Cup two. I took McCaffrey three. And so, as we talked about on an earlier show, I think we're going to see that probably uh, more than we anticipate. I don't know necessarily two, but in the top five. I think you're going to see Cooper Cup as a top five overall pick. Yeah, and, and I thought I'd be able to get good running backs with my second and third picks if I wanted to go that route. And I got Aaron Jones in round three, so I think that helped justify Cooper Cup. Fourth overall over Derrick Henry. Anyway, uh, Justin Jefferson goes seventh. Najee Harris eighth to Jamie. Jamar Chase ninth. Travis Kelsey to Scott Fish. Alvin Kamara 11th to Chris. And Joe Mixon 12th to Dave. So, Heath, any thoughts on round one? I mean, if there, if you don't have any, that's fine. We can move on to more interesting topics. I think it was good to see one of the tight ends get into the first round. And uh, it'll probably be Kelsey over Andrews. Um, but I think those guys should go very shortly after whoever, whoever goes first. I think the only omission, which would be surprising to people, is Dalvin Cook not going in the first round. Yeah, and he went with the first pick of round two, so... Dave went Mixon, Cook, back-to-back. He could have gone Cook-Mixon, obviously. And Chris took a little bit of a gamble because Chris took Alvin Kamara at 11 and not Mark Andrews, but he did get Mark Andrews. You know, His gamble was that Dave was not going to take a tight end, and Dave did not take Mark Andrews because Kelsey went 10th, then it was Kamara 11th, then Mixon 12, Dalvin Cook, we're going to round two, Dalvin Cook 13, Mark Andrews 14th overall. So, yes, they went, you know, shortly. Shortly it was Kelsey, Kamara, Mixon, Cook, Andrews. It is going to be interesting to see which of, because I, I think the consensus, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, first round picks, barring something crazy happening, are going to be Taylor, Eckler, McCaffrey, Cup, Henry, Jefferson, Harris, and probably, I think Cook's going to be a first round pick. I guess probably Devontae Adams is the one that slips out yeah. of the first round of this group. Or Kamara, if there's a suspension. Well, that obviously, but right. I'm saying like barring anything not happening. Right. So you'd put Cook in there along with Mixon and you'd probably drop Adams to early round two. Yes. Yeah. All right. So so here's round two then. Dave Richard takes Dalvin Cook, then Mark Andrews. Debo Samuel goes to Scott Fish, third overall in round two. Leonard Fournette. Oh, man, I mean, he, based on last year, Heath, and, and James Conner is going to go in this round two. He's going to go about seven picks later. Based on last year, it makes sense. They were top six running backs, or top se- maybe seven, Fournette and Connor. Uh, should they be taken this early? Fournette, fourth pick of round two, and James Connor, 11th pick of round two. And the only running back in between them was DeAndre Swift, who went to Jamie right after Fournette. So went, if you just look at the running backs, it went uh, in this round Cook, then Fournette, then Swift, then Connor. What do you think about that, Heath? Yeah, I think I had Fournette just ahead of Connor in round two. Before the draft, um, the fact that Connor's not going to get competition and 
And Fournette did get at least a little bit of competition in Rashad White. Um, I would take Connor first. I think what I'd prefer is Connor at the end of round two, Fournette early in round three, but he's right at the two three turn for me. Interesting. So expand on that. Why Connor over Fournette? Um, it's mostly just because Tampa Bay spent draft capital on, on a rookie running back and Arizona didn't. Okay. Well, I mean, Arizona did, just not the same level. Uh, all right, let's go. So back to round two. Dalvin Cook, Mark Andrews, Debo Samuel, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift to Jamie at fifth pick of round two. C.D. Lamb, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, which was my pick, which eh, maybe a little early. Where, oh, I guess you don't want to tell us where he went. Um, but yeah. No, no, I, I, I have no problem telling you my team. I took him. Oh, you know, so okay. Where'd you take him? Uh, I took him around four. Round four. Okay, I think we all agree Godwin, if if fully healthy, should, could be a second-round pick, but he's not right now, so you don't have to take him that early. Keenan Allen, James Conner, A.J. Brown. Uh, Jamie, Lamb, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, go back to back to back, and then Chris Godwin, and then Keenan Allen. Give me your thoughts on that wide receiver run. Lamb, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Godwin, Keenan Allen. Uh, and sorry, let's throw A.J. Brown in there as well. He's the last pick of round two, uh, just after James Conner. Yeah, I mean... Diggs a little bit of a steal. Um, you know, I mean, you, you can make a case he's, you know, a, a, a late first-round pick, early second-round pick. Um, so I, I like the value for him. I, I love C.D. Lamb. Uh, he was actually – Lamb and Diggs were the two guys I was planning on, um, you know, as the draft – as the second round started. But then when Swift fell, I figured let me just take a chance on, on Swift. Uh, but I think, you know, you look at the opportunities for both those guys um, – this, these are all round two receivers. And I think Devontae Adams belongs in this group. Um, I like AJ Brown slightly ahead of Keenan Allen, but I can certainly see the argument for Allen. Uh, yeah, I was I was glad to see Brown still stay in round two following the trade. All right, what did you think of George? I know you thought George took Devontae Adams too early at fifth overall, but he also took Tyree Kill in round two. Let's just say the that he didn't have the fifth pick. Let's say he had the ninth pick and he took Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill or the tenth, eleventh, whatever. You know, that we didn't hate that the Devontae Adams pick didn't stand out so much. What do you think about starting your team, guys? He can go first with Devontae Adams and Tyree Hill. I think I'm just a little bit lower on both those guys. So I I would like it more if somehow I could get them in the second and third round <laughs> um, <laughs> or late first and like early third, but you don't have that combination of, of picks. Um, I, I think. Like starting wide receiver, wide receiver is fine. And those guys have been two of the best in the NFL for the last half a decade. There's reasons to be concerned. They might not be as good as they were. But if they are just who they've been in the past, this is perfectly fine. Especially, I mean, just spoiler alert, he was able to get David Montgomery in round three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel a lot better about starting wide receiver, wide receiver if I can if I get Montgomery in round three. All right, we're on to round three then. Nick Chubb. Mike Evans, Javante Williams, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, T. Higgins. First six picks of round three are Nick Chubb, Mike Evans, Javante Williams, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, and T. Higgins. After that, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas to Jamie, which I think now you would not do, right? You would not take Thomas in round three? Correct. Uh, This draft was done before the report came out that his ankle is still a problem, so yes. Uh, I would not take him until at the earliest, the back end of round four. Uh, just 
Who do you take there then if you don't take Michael Thomas? Because at this point, your team is Najee Harris and DeAndre Swift, and it's a three-receiver league, so I'm sure you want to go receiver here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah think? I, I think I told you when we were doing this live that I was considering Pitts because we had talked about you know taking uh, you know passing on on the tight ends, um, or we were having the tight end discussion. I forget. I don't think I had a chance to take uh, Andrews. I'm not mistaken. Uh, I did not. You didn't. So. Uh, I told you I probably would have just gambled on Pitts and taken the best player that I had ranked at the time. Okay, so let's say you had gone... I'm sorry, I'll give the rest of the round. Uh, I'll, I'll give round three, and then we'll have this discussion because I think this is interesting. So it's Chubb, Evans, Javante, Aaron Jones, Montgomery, T. Higgins, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, Josh Jacobs, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Kyle Pitts. Now, my read on the wide receivers after this is... You know, they, they all have question marks, whether it's the quality of the quarterback or, or what. Uh, Metcalf, Moore, Cooks, Waddle, McLaurin. Then you've got like Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton in round five. But I guess, let's say you had gone Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, and then Kyle Pitts. Uh, do you think that you can get away with that in a three-receiver PPR league? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Look, if, if it just played out the same way, uh, I take Cooks in round four. Is he the most ideal number one receiver? No. Uh, Mooney in round five, uh, round five, most ideal number two receiver? No. Uh, but round six, I'm probably not taking Kenneth Walker. I'm probably taking, and the guy I was debating at that point, which is the one who went right after him, if you remember the conversation, uh, was Rashad Bateman. Um, you know, so whether it's Bateman or, you know, if you want to just go the, the draft order, Tyler Lockett, um, which I think the next receiver would have been that I would have considered. Uh, you know, Gabriel Davis ends up being my, my next pick. So my flex is a little bit different, but you know, I, I think when you factor in those two running backs, that tight end and that receiving court starts to look like a, a, a puzzle that, that makes sense to me and, and I'm fine with, you know, but played out as it is, you know, if Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, then it's fine. All right. So let me just, let me ask you this. You definitely would have taken Najee Harris eighth, knowing what you know now, would you rather have Najee Harris, Deandre Swift, Kyle Pitts, Brandon Cooks as your first four. DeAndre Harris, uh, DeAndre, uh, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Kyle Pitts, Brandon Cooks, or Najee Harris, Stefan Diggs. Who's your running back? Or oh no, Kyle Pitts, and then Antonio Gibson. Uh, I probably just waited on running back, and I would have gone with Walker as my second guy. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, again, I'll, I'll, I'll reference this draft from last night because it's my team. So picking third overall, I went McCaffrey one, uh, Mark Andrews two, A.J. Brown three, Chris Godwin four, um, Brandon Cooks five. My second running back, I think I didn't take till round seven, which was Clyde edwards Lair. Mm. Well, I like that team a lot better than this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you've got a stud running back one of the best tight ends and a stud wide receiver, hopefully. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the value for Andrews and AJ Brown to me were, were great value for Brandon cooks in round five was great. Um, if Godwin is right, round four is a steal. So for sure. Heath, when we look at the running backs in round three, Nick Chubb, Javante, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Do you, you would take Montgomery in round two, right? Uh, yes, I would take Montgomery in round two, and he's my favorite in this group. Everybody else, I think, 
in this group I have as a round three running back. Maybe not necessarily in the order they were taken, but that's kind of a personal preference thing. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to call it next week. Workhorse running backs who might not be that good. And we're going to talk so about... So then we can include Najee Harris. If you want, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're definitely going to have to include David Montgomery, though. Like, for sure. <laughs> I hope you're on that show, Heath. Okay, uh, ready for round four? Here we go. Round four. DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, Brandon Cooks, Darren Waller, Antonio Gibson, Josh Allen, George Kittle, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Waddell, and Terry McLaurin. We get our first quarterback, Josh Allen, eighth pick of round four. We get uh, two more tight ends. So Pitts is late. Pitts is the last pick of round three, and then Waller and Kittle picked sixth and ninth in round four. So we've got five tight ends now in the first 45 picks. And we also get these wide receivers. But um, before we get into the wide receivers, Heath, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott. How would you rank them? And do you think they deserve to go in round four? Uh, I actually have Hall in round three. I might also have trying to find the other guys. The hole I have at the top, I think it would then be Elliot, then it would be Cam Akers, then it would be Gibson. And I've got the la- the last three kind of at the four or five turn. So I-, I don't think this is a bad spot for him. It's maybe a little earlier on those three than I would go. And I think Hull belongs in that group with the round three guys we talked about. Jamie, what are your impressions of round four? I mean, you know, you get to the back end of first, I think it's the right spot for the tight ends. I do think it's the right spot for these running backs, but you get to the back end around four into round five and this receiver value is just insane. You know, when you start to talk about Jalen Waddle, Terry McLaurin going into round five, Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown. I mean, uh, Mooney, I, I, I think all these guys, uh, you know, you can, you can even extend it if you want to Mike Williams, Juju and Thielen. I mean, just think about if you don't go heavy at receiver early and in the case of, Jack and Marone, for example, they end up with Jack ends up with Jalen Waddle and Allen Robinson, and Marone ends up with Terry McLaurin and Jerry Judy. Like that's pretty good. You know, I don't remember exactly what they did their first three picks, but that's that's pretty good to wait on those caliber players if they live up to the expectations we have for them. Yeah, and I I want to talk about these wide receivers that are going in rounds four and five. It's just traditionally a great spot for wide receivers, okay? So you get kind of a correction because people go running back heavy in the first three rounds, and now they say, all right, let's start taking these wide receivers. So in round four, it's DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Waddell, and Terry McLaurin. In round five, it's Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Mike Williams, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and Adam Thielen. You've got, Heath, it really breaks down, interestingly, you know, other than Pittman and Mooney, who went in round five, you've got a lot of number one options on offenses that we're not excited about, like Metcalf, DJ Moore, and Brandon Cooks, and Terry McLaurin, versus round five, where you have, I don't know how Judy and Sutton are going to work out, but you have those two guys. You have Allen Robinson on the Rams. You have Marquise Brown, who's the number one for six weeks on the Cardinals. You have number one for good. Okay, that's possible. You have Mike Williams, who's probably the number two guy, unless Keenan Allen just starts getting old. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's the number one wide receiver, but he's second fiddle to Kelsey. And you have Thielen. So these are better offenses. And if you think about Cooper Cup and you think about Stefan Diggs, these are guys who came out of this range the last two years and won you your league because their offenses exploded. 
So what do you like? Do you like the number two guy on the on the great offense or the number one guy, Target Hog, on the on the worst? I wouldn't even know. I don't even know if DK Metcalf's gonna be a Target Hog, but the number one guy on the on the worst offense. Like, what do you do here, or do you take both? Yeah, I think I think Metcalf's the guy that scares me the most out of that group because I'm not sh- like you said, I'm not sure he's the clear number one for Seattle, and I'm not sure the offense is going to be any good. Um, so. But like the guys that I prefer out of this group, I think, are Juju and Michael Pittman. And then I've got Waddle not too far behind. And I, I don't know like exact Waddle's kind of like DK, except I feel that their offense is going to be better. Like I don't know for sure what the target share is going to be in Miami either. Um, but yeah, Juju and Tom and Pittman are, are my favorites out of this group. Pittman might be kind Which, of a, a combination, right? He's the number one on a that's what I was gonna say. Like they're average both, offense. They don't really fit either of the categories that you laid out. <laughs> right. By the way, what did you think of that throw by Tua to uh, Tyreek Hill? Um, <laughs> ugly. It was fine. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, it was. It was like if you look at the the comments on the Dolphins uh, tweet, which is where it initiated from. Somebody screen grabbed Tyreek Hill and said, "If you told me he was catching a punt, I would have believed it." <laughs> Because he's turned around like backward. <laughs> yeah, not a great, not a great decision there by the social team. No, and then that was another but, comment. Someone said this intern better be fired. <laughs> there were like you can find a lot of of Tyreek Hill catching the ball like forty yards downfield, stopped directly facing Patrick Mahomes. Well, I don't yes, know, it's, but it's, the first one you tweet out of the two of them catching passes should not be. <laughs> it was kind of wobbling too, you know. It just it was not a, a pretty spiral. It was better than what I can do. Um, they should have edited it, like Tua dropping back to pass and like Tyreek, like in a fake Dolphins uniform, like catching the touchdown, like a real <laughs> game or something. Yeah, I agree with you, Jamie. Jamie's gonna be on the social team. So what's your take on this, Jamie? Uh, I, I think it's really interesting that Heath would take Juju and Pittman over over a lot of those guys, you know, like DJ Moore and DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. And what, but what's your, well, your I, re- take on this conversation? I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with Heath. You know, I, I have, I have different favorites, but you know, I, I think when you just look at this group, this is kind of why they are ranked and, and being drafted where they are. You know, it's, it, it's like you said, you know, there's somewhat market correction for people that are taking running backs. It's also a market correction for people who are taking their second and third receivers. Like I did, you know, I took Brandon cooks and, and Darnell Mooney. Um, there there's, a ton of upside with all these guys. I mean, you know, Mooney could, I I've said this, you know, if, if the bears offense opens up a little bit, Mooney could be in the conversation for most targets in the NFL. That'd be a stretch. But I mean, you think about what this receiving core is right now that they're just bringing in guy after guy after guy to try and, you know, backfill the, this depth chart uh, that he's competing, you know, with Byron Pringle and Vilas Jones and, 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 you know, probably several other guys that a lot of people can't name. Um, Marquise Brown, it might be the whole season. It might be six weeks. It might be Marquise Brown from a couple years ago where he's only getting 100 targets and still being a very good fantasy receiver. Uh, but the, the the ebbs and flows of the season could be frustrating. The two Broncos guys are fantastic, but we just don't know. Michael Pittman with Matt Ryan could be amazing, but he could also you know, be another Matt Ryan receiver where the touchdowns escape him and everything else is not necessarily Julio Jones-like, but you know, you, you get the point on, on a lesser scale. So these receivers are going in this range for a reason. They all have, I think, top 20 upside. I don't know if they have top 10 upside, unless a lot of things really break their way. But it's a good way to, if you go uh, hero RB, or if you do decide to go you know, to, to running backs early in your draft, that you can still get three very good, you know, competent receivers. Uh, again, you know, I'll reference my team in this one, where I went Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift. If Michael Thomas is the 
80% version of Michael Thomas that I'm expecting him to be of, of his record-breaking season if he's healthy, then I have Thomas, Cooks, Mooney, and that's a pretty good trio of wide receivers. Or let, you know, you want to replace it, say Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, Cooks, and, and Mooney, or whoever you know is in that same range that I, that I took Michael Thomas over. And I need, I need to clarify one thing, Adam. I didn't know Terry McLaurin was a part of this group. I actually have him the highest. Mm-hmm. But okay. Juju, DJ Moore, Pittman, and Waddle are all within like seven points of each other in my projections. So I, I'll take the one that goes last, I guess. Okay. But yeah, you could definitely take two guys here in rounds four and five and feel decent about it. And I mean, in years past, if you had taken like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett here a couple of years ago, you would have you would have loved that. And that's why I feel like we didn't really talk about the Broncos guys, but those are the two that really jump out to me. Uh, I'd love to get one of them in this range. And they both went. They went within like three picks of each other. And they're, they're you know, we're, we're starting to see, especially now that Sony Michelle and Mike Davis have signed, you know, so there's, there's probably going to be a running back or two um, that ends up in a spot that, I don't know, ruins a backfield, but makes it a little bit frustrating of a backfield situation. Like James Conner could get competition, for example. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at the receivers who are out there, uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Wolf Fuller, um, I might be missing somebody. Uh, those guys could ruin one of these particular players, you know. So, like Beckham, for example, if he goes back to the Rams, you know, then it's it's bad news for Allen Robinson who's going around five, you know, most likely. Or if you know Landry ends up going to Baltimore, uh, then Rashad Bateman who goes around six and somebody that I, I'm I'm sure everybody's excited about. I know I am. Um, that that's a problem for him. So you know, there's going to be a couple of, of of still moves that ruin one or two of these guys potentially. Well, the stat that I've given out a lot, and I'll continue to give out. To me, it's been one of the most influential for me in terms of my draft decisions. And the reason why we're having this conversation about good offenses versus bad offenses is that over the last six years, only 15% of top 12 wide receivers in PPR, 11 of them in the last six years, were on offenses that ranked 20th or worse in scoring. Uh, So I'm not saying you can't get a top 15 or top 18 guy here on a bad offense. You can. But if you're trying to get a league winner... The quality of offense really, really does matter. And that that does influence me. Now, all of you out there you don't have to agree with me, but that that really um, did stand out to me. Like what's the what's your baseline for the quality of offense does matter? What do you mean? Like to be a league winner, you need to be on an offense that is what? I don't know because it really depends on what on what you you know. Call you a just said winner. top top what scoring on. So what I said was only fifteen percent of wide receivers who finished top twelve over the last six years were on offenses that ranked twentieth or worse in scoring. So you don't have to be on an amazing offense, but I don't want to take a lot. I don't want really want to take wide receivers in this range that I think are going to be on garbage offenses because I. Their chances of finishing top twelve are kind of low, and their chances of finishing top five are even lower. So you would just, in the case of uh, what I did, you would take Juju over Darnell Mooney. I don't think either of them is going to finish top 12. Uh, but yeah, I probably would. Because touchdowns, it's just, it's hard to predict you think touchdowns. Washington's going to be a bottom 10 offense? Yeah. Not necessarily, but... But Carolina. Yes. I did that. And that's the one that really scares me is DJ Moore. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to this draft I did last night where I had a decision to make between, I think it might have been Godwin and DJ Moore. And I took 
Godwin over DJ Moore because I drafted McCaffrey. And I didn't want to tie myself to two Panthers with two of my top four picks. Well, DJ Moore um, is the poster child for this. I mean, we all think he's he's really good, but he just can't score enough touchdowns. And he's actually scored a decent chunk of his team's touchdowns, but they've thrown so few over the past three years. So he is... And, you know, the other thing, Heath, is I don't know that I have to make only those types of decisions, but I could take DJ Moore and be fine with having a, a pretty much must-start wide receiver with a pretty high floor, but I also want to get a, a much a higher upside a higher upside offense in there. So if I took two wide receivers, well, I wouldn't take I don't think I would take DK Metcalf and DJ Moore. I would take DJ Moore and Cortland Sun or something like that. Well I think no, the example I, we gave we gave is fair. I mean, you know, Mooney, if everything breaks right, is going to have I think the chance for just as good if maybe better season than Juju because we just don't know what Juju is anymore at this point. But you're banking on Juju right. getting through the car wash uh in Kansas City, going through the car wash in Kansas City and getting you know, the type of targets, better targets, clearly better quarterback play, better coaching, um, but in a very crowded offense. You know, I mean, it could it could just be tough for him. You know, I don't think it's a bad, like, there was a whole strategy piece written a few years ago. Somebody, a football guy, I don't remember, I think they called it Eliminate the Suck. <laughs> and it was just basically don't, don't have players that are on the worst offenses in football. Um, right. And I don't know that's necessarily a bad strategy. It's just how I don't know how good we are. Like, I think last year we probably could have projected most of the worst offenses in football. I think the bottom 10 were Jacksonville, the Giants, the Texans, the Panthers, the Jets, the Bears, Falcons, Lions, football team, Broncos. Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the counter to this is Allen Robinson, which is kind of what you're hoping for from Darnell Mooney because he's what? that target hog that finishes top 12. I don't know that he's... Yeah, he's necessarily a league winner, but he's damn good enough to be getting in round four. You know, that's that's what you're hoping for with a guy like Mooney or something like that. Well, I, I guess th let me ask you this, though, because, you know, it, it it's clear you're shooting for the stars, which is how you should draft. But where does it start to and I don't know if you have these numbers in front of you, but so 15 percent over the last six years finishing in the top 12, 12 um, from bottom uh, 10 offenses, huh? bottom 10 offenses, bottom 10 offenses. Um, oh, no, no, no. 20th or worse. So bottom 13 offenses. 20th or worst. So where do the top 15 wide receivers come into play? Yeah, you'll find you'll find top 15 guys. You'll find top 20. It's right. And and the difference between a top 15 guy and a top 10 guy could maybe be 20 points. Could be less than that. Right. I'm yeah. just I'm just saying. No, you you're know, right. It could be minimal. You're right. I, I just think that I look at it more as like that stat tells me that you're probably not going to finish top five if you're not on a good offense, at least a Which makes sense. better off. Yeah. Right. And so, you can get you a know, top again, five wide receiver in this range. I mean, this is a place where wide receivers bust out rounds four and five. You get those great options that they have big seasons, you know? So right. that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like Darnell Mooney, for example, could be more along the lines of like what Brandon Cooks has been, you know, where he's very good. Um, if things go absolutely ridiculously amazing for him, he could be great. Uh, and when I say Brandon Cooks, you know, Brandon Cooks more like the Texans like we saw last year. Mm. Um, whereas Juju, if things break right for him, which I know why Heath loves him, I mean, he's not going to be Tyree Kill, but he's got the chance to be what Juju was early in his career, and that's the the guy you're, you're drafting. And by the way, when I said Allen Robinson was the example of the, you know, the, I, I meant the last few years of Allen Robinson. Well, I, I guess I meant 2019 and 2020. 
Ironically, Allen Robinson is now in the new batch. He's the number two guy on the great offense, but I think everybody hopefully understands what I'm trying to say. And the other thing I'm trying to say is it's time for a break. So when we come back, we are into round six, and we're going to start seeing the rookies really come off the board, especially in round seven. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk about round six. It starts with Dave Richard taking Justin Herbert. Was that the, no, Mahomes went around five... Josh the first Allen of his, uh, his his double quarterbacks. He took who? Herbert and Dak. Smart. He's a smart man. <laughs> when did he take Dak? He took him super late, right? He took him in round 12. Good for him. Yeah. The next pick was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Take Dak. Anyway, uh, round six. Herbert, I think, is the third quarterback off the board. Yep. Okay, then ETN, Hunter Renfro, Kyler Murray, Kenneth Walker, or Ken Walker, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Lockett, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Lamar Jackson, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and Cordarrelle Patterson. And my first impression of round six, Jamie, was this is not a bad time for running backs. ETN, Ken Walker, uh, Damian Harris. We talked about that on FFT and 5. We thought this was a little too early. Devin Singletary, Clyde Edwards-Elair, who Heath already said was one of the best picks, and Cordarrelle Patterson with the last pick of round six. So what do you think about the running backs here? Is this a, a good round for them? It's the right spot to gamble on these guys, you know, and I, I think this is where Miles Sanders will end up settling as well. I, as I told you, um, I have Sanders ranked ahead of Walker. I just wanted to take Walker because this was our first draft with rookies, so I wanted to at least get one of the prominent guys. Um, and they're close in, in, in any any aspect. Um, but, yes, I, I think, you know, look, you start to see the receivers that are on the board here. Uh, I thought Hunter Renfro was, no offense, Scott, if you're still watching, uh, bad pick in the spot. But, um, you know, you have Renfro. Bateman, Lockett, you know, you, you see the upside of some of these guys. You certainly see the downside. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson coming off the board. And then you start to look at these running backs. And so, you know, especially if you if you only have one, you know, you're hoping for somebody with upside. So, you know, look, Harris and, and Singletary, you know, you could see what their floors are. Their ceilings could be somewhat questionable in PPR. Um, Edward Zillaire, you know, we, we've seen some of the highs. We certainly have seen the lows. And then Walker is a wild card right now because of the the status of the Seattle offense plus what the backfield looks like. So, you know, there's certainly still questions, and, and this could still be uh, the dead zone by far. But it's a good spot to gamble on some of these guys, and, you know, unless you just get lucky like Scott did where he ended up getting Miles Sanders two rounds later. All right, so I, I always struggle with these mock draft recap episodes because if you're not watching, if you're not looking at the results, if you're driving in your car, there's no way you're going to remember 12 names. So I'm just going to repeat round six and we can move on to round seven. Justin Herbert, Travis Etienne, Hunter Renfro, Kyler Murray, Ken Walker, Rashad Bateman. Heath, real quick, good spot for Rashad Bateman mid-round six? I think it's right about where he should be going. Yes, I I, I definitely like it more than that terrible Hunter Renfro pick. (laughs) And then the next pick was Tyler Lockett. Bateman or Lockett, who do you like? Uh, I've got them back to back. I have Lockett one spot ahead, but I, it's uh, very very close. Okay, 
Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Lamar Jackson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Cordero Patterson. Let's go to round seven. We have three tight ends come off the board in the first six picks of round seven. Dalton Schultz, and then Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson went back-to-back a few picks after Dalton Schultz. So round seven is Schultz, Tom Brady, A.J. Dillon, Amonra St. Brown, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, and here come the rookies, the wide receivers. The first one was Sky Moore. Don't expect him to be the first wide receiver, rookie wide receiver taken, at least not now. Dan Snyder, when he took when he took more, he kind of said, let's have fun with it. I think he, you know, he might take Traylon Burks or Drake London if we were doing a real draft. But Sky Moore goes. And then Gabriel Davis to Jamie. So he so, you know, he he said, before we get into this run of rookies, Jamie said, I'm gonna take Gabriel Davis. And then Elijah Moore went. And then Traylon Burks, Drake London, and Chris Olave are the last three picks of round seven. Heath, give me your takeaways from round seven. I I think Hawkinson and um Schultz and Gabriel Davis are the only picks that I like in this round. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I, I had Davis, I've got Davis like around earlier than this, and I've got Hawkinson and Schultz around earlier than this. But what what'd you say, Jamie? You don't like AJ Dillon in this spot too soon or no? I might have Dillon pretty close as well. Maybe I just hate all the rookie wide receivers here. Um no, Dylan, Dylan's fine there. So this this kind of goes back, though, Adam, to what we were talking about previously. So taking Davis in a great offense who gets, you know, a, a potential bump with the guys that they're replacing, or do you take the the target hogs on what could be bad, at least passing offenses, you know, Burks and London uh, with what they're looking at? I think it's a really tough question to answer. So you obviously went with Gabriel Davis over the rookie wide receivers. Heath, you're obviously going with Gabriel Davis. I mean, I love that there were four games with Emmanuel Sanders either not playing or leaving early with an injury. And Gabriel Davis had seven or more targets in three of those four games. And the only exception was week 17 when Josh Allen threw 26 times, which was a season low. So I don't really know if that, I mean, that's such a small sample size and I don't know if it matters, but basically whenever Sanders was out, Gabriel Davis got targets. But for his career, he's had 63 and 62 targets in 16 games, two straight seasons. So uh, I, I, I can't just assume he's going to get that target bump. Uh, I, I guess, you know, he just, hasn't, he just hasn't really proven anything, in my opinion. He just hasn't proven much, Gabriel Davis. Uh, I think but he's I like it for the Bills. <laughs> That's the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, was, he was pretty awesome in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I know. He, had the, he had that one game, obviously, at 201 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> That, that I mean, was something. Why has he done? Not done anything? But but in his career, he, he, you know, he's not that he's not that proven. I, no, I think but, something that was really interesting is Monra St. Brown ahead of all the rookie wide receivers. Yeah, that was my pick. I, I guess I mean it's so hypocritical for me to be like, well, I don't know if Jameson Williams is gonna be back, but also I'm just taking Chris Godwin, like Chris Godwin's got super healing abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I guess I regret it. I thought this is kind of where I had to take Amonra St. Brown. It's a PPR league, obviously. I think he's a fine number three wide receiver. And look, he he did what he, he got to 900 yards as a rookie, led his team in receiving. He, you know, he might just be better than TJ Hawkinson. Maybe it's Hawkinson that really suffers and not Amonra St. Brown. If they're going to throw short, you know, he's, he could be the guy who just gets a lot of catches. So understanding that people are lower on him than I thought they were, I, I guess I would wait and try to get Amonra St. Brown later. But for now, I guess consider me higher on Amonra St. Brown. 
he, he, this is the range he's going to go. You know, the, the problem is if he goes in the round five range, you know, in, in that group of receivers, you know. So when you start to stack him up to the rookies and you start to stack him up to, you know, guys that aren't going to be high volume catch, uh, you know, receiving options like a Gabriel Davis, you know, this is, this is, I don't, I don't think it's horrible here, but I think you're right. You probably get him a little bit later. And it might just be that I look at, um, I, I, I scroll down just three picks after this round and see Miles Sanders. And I don't know if there's anybody that in this round that I have ranked ahead of Miles Sanders. Well, who did the I have? for Sanders is crazy. What are we missing about Miles Sanders? I, mean, the, I guess my fear with Miles Sanders is he's going to catch 30 passes. This would be my fear. Okay, I'm just laying out the case why he's going so late, right? He's... Not a factor in the passing game. Maybe six touchdowns. I know he had zero last year, but you know Jalen Hurts is there, and they might use multiple running backs like they did last year. So he scores six touchdowns. He has a lot of games where he has 70 total yards and one or two catches, and that really just doesn't do anything for you in PPR. It's, it's a bi-week replacement kind of guy. Okay, but let's just go back a little bit to... Where was he? Um... Starting in round six, I guess. I'll, I'll leave out Elijah Mitchell. Who in PPR, you can obviously argue with the, <laughs> the downside for that. Yeah. Um, Travis Etienne, they have more upside. I can see that. I told you, if I didn't take Ken Walker, I was taking Miles Sanders in round six. So yeah. that's where he would have gone. Damien Harris versus Miles Sanders. Oh, it's an I easy one. Sanders. Uh, me too. Devin Singletary yep. versus Miles Sanders. You made that choice, Adam. Yeah, I think I'd take Singletary. Okay, I would I would take Sanders. Um, oh, yeah. Clyde? <laughs> I, guess I actually I, prefer Clyde. Yeah, I think I'd go Clyde. That's fine, but I mean, is, is there yeah. that glaring of a difference that they should go that far apart? No. No. No, Cordero no. Patterson? Sanders. AJ Dillon in PPR? I can see Dillon. I'm not going to argue, but it's close. That's the one that really stood out to me because, like, barring an Aaron Jones injury, Sanders and Dylan were almost exactly the same in terms of carries and catches per game last year. Dylan scored touchdowns. Right. But one but, of them added AJ Brown and one of them lost Devontae Adams. So, does that, you know, does, did both of the running backs no, get involved I, in the like passing? I, said, I agree. There? The Packers' offense might be worse than the Eagles this year. <laughs> no, I probably, no, I don't know, if it, but it might. But I'm <laughs> saying the catches, you know, because Dylan showed the ability when Aaron Jones wasn't playing, he did show that he can catch the ball, um, you know, and Rodgers is going to throw to his running back. So, who do you think catches more passes this year? If Aaron Jones is healthy, I would say it's Miles Sanders, but I do think it's going to be close. I don't yeah, think Sanders I, is getting back to a 50-catch guy, but I do think that A.J. Dillon could be a 30-catch guy as well. Man, I really like Miles Sanders. Just, I don't know. Something holds him back. He's injury-prone. Look, he, he should he should no longer be, we, we were talking about him as a second-round pick, uh, maybe last year, certainly two years ago. Um, he's not in that range by any stretch anymore. But round eight? Oh, this, for sure. This is the biggest deal of the draft. Well, yeah, we're in round seven right now. He did go in round eight. And all right, I guess we can go to round eight then. Let's talk about round eight. Other than Miles Sanders. DeAndre Hopkins. Remember, the last three picks. Well, I guess I'll read the last six picks because they were all wide receivers. The last six picks of round seven were Sky Moore, Gabriel Davis, Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Chris Olave. So 
here we go with the rookies and versus the veterans. DeAndre Hopkins. This was after. We gotta the talk suspension. about Dave's team, by the way. Is it good or bad? Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> not his best showing. All right, so maybe we'll do eight rounds and then we'll talk about the teams and some of our favorite late round picks. And uh, you know what? We'll talk about where the rookies went. Uh, Hopkins, Devontae Smith, and this was after the Hopkins suspension, obviously. Miles Sanders, Christian Watson, who went before Alan Lazard, Tony Pollard, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, before the Sony Michelle signing, Michael Carter, Kareem Hunt, Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, and Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of names there. Not a lot of, there's not, I don't know if there's a big theme in this round, but Hopkins, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Christian Watson, Tony Pollard, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter, Kareem Hunt, Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Russell Wilson. I wonder how much farther Edmonds falls now. Because I think this is kind of the spot for him still. Yeah, I I don't think he, I, I'm happy with him here. I, I think I'd um, probably take him around earlier. And this is like this is about where I have Devin Singletary. Um, I just wanted to throw a little shot in at him for no reason at all. <laughs> and the theme of this round is that Miles Sanders is the best pick of the draft. The other theme is how many we're kind of running out of guys who have independent upside, right? Kareem Hunt has upside if Nick Chubb gets hurt. Brandon Ayuk has upside if Debo Samuel gets traded. Um, Pollard with Zeke. Pollard with Zeke, exactly. Carter with Brees Hall. Michael Carter with Brees Hall, right. But there are some guys in this round that just have independent upside. Like maybe, who do you think? Like Christian Kirk, Devontae. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is in his own little class. But like Jamie, who do you see in this round that has independent upside? They don't need some circumstance in order to have a big year. I mean, you mentioned Kirk. You know, I, I think as we were having the discussion in the draft, Dan said to, I might have been Jacob, Gibbs, Dan Schneier to Jacob Gibbs that I might be higher on, or we might be higher on this guy than, than other people are. Um, he, he could, you know, clearly have uh, a career defining season based on the money that he got. Um, I don't know if Garrett Wilson needs an Elijah Moore injury or is Zach Wilson like extreme breakout, probably both, but you know, you draft a guy 10th overall and he goes essentially behind Christian Watson to me. That's crazy. Um, but you know, this, this much farther than the Sky Moore, Drake London, Traylon Burks group, um, even Chris Olave. You know, I mean that that's a pretty good gamble uh, for a rookie wide receiver. So I would say those guys. Yeah, Wilson is, I think, thus far my favorite rookie value for sure. Um, I actually still have him just ahead of those other guys, but I think he just has to hit his potential, and then the other guys on the roster won't matter that much. I'm not sure what made Kareem Hunt go from being, you know, like a fifth or sixth round pick to an eighth round pick. Yeah, that he went, you know, I mean, I, I struggle personally with Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt when I rank them. I struggled when I when I drafted them. You know, I think just knowing what I what I feel about Ezekiel Elliott when I saw last year, I think Pollard has an easier path to getting those feature level touches this season without an injury, um, you know, and certainly without a significant injury uh, than Kareem Hunt, which is why I take him over over Hunt. Pollard's why I take Pollard over Hunt. Um, but, uh, Kareem Hunt's another guy, like, you know, when you get to the Edmonds Carter, Kareem Hunt group, like that was a great pick by you. And even going into round nine, Adam, just cause I'm scrolling ahead, you getting Melvin Gordon around nine was fantastic too. Yeah. I, yeah. So I would, I didn't want to talk about round nine, but let's, let's wrap it up. No, I mean, you just, we can just talk about with your team. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, taking Melvin Gordon over like Tyler Algier and Damian Pierce was an interesting decision. 
And I would have done it. Yeah, truthfully, just gonna have to see how the chips fall. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna be the right one, but uh, I guess it's just because I don't I don't know how good Damian Pierce or Tyler Algier are. They might just be kind of like Mike Davis and David Johnson. You know, we're just getting work but not really doing anything with it. It might be Michael Carter, which which is okay. I mean, it just took him a while to kind of emerge. But but, it, but it's you know a few weeks of great production, but not necessarily somebody that you felt. I can definitely start this guy all season. Right, right. Okay, so... Uh, Algier feels like Elijah Mitchell. Well, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, James Cook, Damian Pierce, and Tyler Algier all went in round nine. Cook went first, and he, it's full PPR. And what else stood out with you with the rookies, Jamie? So we had Brees Hall in round four. We had Ken Walker in round six. We had the rookie wide receivers going in, in round seven, late round seven and into round eight. And then throughout, other rookie wide receivers went... Um, anything else you want to talk about with the rookies? Uh, no, I, I think, you know, you kind of, you know, touched on the the receivers, you know, once, once we got to that run of receivers, um, you know, I was curious to see who was going to be the first one drafted. Again, you mentioned what Dan did, but, you know, Burke's going ahead of London. That's the one I'm, I'm really curious to monitor throughout this process. I think they're going to go very, very similar. It's almost like once one goes, you almost feel like you're you're inclined to take the next one uh Watson went a little too soon for me and as we talked about Garrett Wilson falling behind that group is a little little eye-opening and then in round 12 we had Jalen Tolbert the Dallas third round pick Alec Pierce of the Colts and George Pickens of the Steelers so taking seems like good time to take a shot on a rookie wide receiver drafted fairly early on good offenses and in uh you know what we Dallas, we picked on George a little early in the first two rounds, so I just want to say I really like that George Pickens selection. You like when George was Pickens, George Pickens? We were Pickens on George, and then he picked Pickens, <laughs> yeah. George Pickens, and I liked it. All right, let's... Uh, David Bell going round 13. There you go. Where'd Jahan Dotson go? Nobody likes him. Everybody hates Jahan Dotson. Where'd he go? Round 11. Okay. Yeah. What okay. was the news yet on David Bell? No, nah, I'm not going to save it for the stat show. Oh. Yeah. No, nah, I don't have to save it for the stat show. It's just he led over the last, I think, three seasons, he led FCS in catches over the middle, something like that. Here you go. This is from ESPN. David Bell, Cleveland rookie wide receiver David Bell, FBS high, 67 catches on shallow or crossing routes since 2019. Don't react to that. I think we should talk about that and whether that. Well, makes no, sense. I, I just because I'm not going to be on that show, and, and Heath wasn't part of the other one. Just I'm curious Heath's take on this because Adam asked us our superlatives for the rookie class on Monday show, and I said David Bell's a dark horse candidate to lead all rookie receivers in receptions, um, based on what the role he's going to play for the Browns. So that's what he was referencing earlier. Okay, Heath, save that for next week. Uh, let's talk what about our teams. I guess I'll go first. I had the fourth pick. Ended up with, what? This isn't my team. Oh, sorry. I was in the wrong league. Rex Burkhead on a roster. <laughs> uh, okay, I have Joe Burrow, Aaron Jones, and Devin Singletary. Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, George Kittle. And my flex right now is Amonra St. Brown. Could be Melvin Gordon. Could be Kareem Hunt. Uh, Julio Jones, who I think is, could be the Packers' number one wide receiver at some point. I have Kenny Galladay on the bench, Isaiah Spiller, and Trey Lance. So I, I actually really love this team. Burrow, Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary. I know he doesn't like that, but he's the worst player of my 
roster, I think, of my starters. Cooper Cup, Chris Goblin, Cortland Sutton, George Kittle, and Amonra St. Brown right now at Flex. So we, we know you could have taken Miles Sanders over Singletary, and both both of us like that better. Who could you have taken over Amonra St. Brown? The rookies. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Or, <laughs> yeah, but but I I mean, I think I did find a running back. I have Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, and Isaiah Spiller. When I'm when I have a top five tight end and I'm I think I'm strong at wide receiver, you know, I think that's perfectly fine. So if you had that. taken I'm just looking at the round, you had taken Gabriel Davis. You'd like it better oh. than Amandra St. Brown. Over Amandra St. Brown. And then just based on the injury situation, who would you have taken over Godwin? Let's say he's out to start the season. I would have taken Keenan Allen. Yeah, that's a pretty tough team. Or AJ Brown. Yeah. I I think what what worked out for me was getting Aaron Jones in round three. Totally. Yeah, it was fortunate. Jamie, you had what, the eighth pick? I had the eighth pick, yes. Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, and your wide receivers are Michael Thomas, which was a better pick at the time, Brandon Cooks, Darnell Mooney. Those were in rounds three, four, five. Cole Komet at tight end, Ken Walker at flex. Gabriel Davis could be in there at flex, too. You have Gasicki, Gallup, Tony Pollard, Damian Pearson, Kenneth Gainwell. What do you think? Uh, well, if um, I didn't realize with the quarterback situation, I would have probably taken Dak Prescott around earlier than I did. Then he went. Um, not that I don't like Kirk Cousins, but that's you know one one thing that stands out. And obviously, waiting on tight end, you see what you end up with. So, um, aside from those two spots, which I may be streaming, um, I'm pretty happy with the rest of them. I don't think it's a very good team. <laughs> well, it's like it, the Michael Thomas thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you look Stinks. at the team and you say, you know, I sacrificed a tight end and I didn't get a quarter yet quite soon enough and I'm not sure if my number one wide receiver is right, going a lot to of football questions. again. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad combination. All right, let's take a look at Dave's team. He had the 12th pick. He went Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook with his first two picks. He ends up with Justin Herbert, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf is like so far so good. And I know, okay, then it gets a little dicey. DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, Adam Thielen, Kyle Pitts at tight end, and his flex is eventually going to be DeAndre Hopkins, Tim Patrick, maybe James White if he assumes that. Will, oh, Raheem Mostert, Odell Beckham, and he has Dak Prescott on the bench. I don't know. This is okay because he's got Pitts. I like the Odell Beckham pick. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> pick 157. That's a great value. I mean, it kind of looks like, like because Dave's team is pretty top-heavy with Mixon and Cook, it looks like he traded like his rounds 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 picks for five 14th round picks <laughs> and then got to get up to have two first-round running backs. So he went he – went, Mixon, Cook, and then Pitts, Metcalf, correct? Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. I guess we, how you're going to feel about Dave's team, Herbert, Cook, Mixon, Metcalf, Olave, Thielen, Pitts, and then name your flex, let's call it Raheem Mostert, is going to depend on how you feel on DK Metcalf. If you think he's just so good that he's going to be kind of a low-end number one receiver, then it's not a bad team. But when you look at DK Metcalf, Adam Thielen, Chris Olave – well, and I think Olave's got some significant upside, but mm-hmm. some risk too. But right. man, if if he could be Jameis' number one wide receiver, it's a good point. Be exciting. 
All right, let me see if I have a little time for a few emails here. I think we do. This is from Tyler D. The subject is, it smells like updog in here. Remember that one? What's up, dog? Hey. First year doing a keeper league and a long-time redraft league. We're keeping two players from last year at cost. It's a $200 auction budget. They go up 10% in cost each year starting in year two. PPR, two flex. I'm already keeping Kyle Pitts for $15. For my second pick, out of a $200 budget, should I keep Austin Eckler for $43, Javante Williams for $16, or Devontae Smith for $5? Uh, Eckler for $43, Javante for $16, or Devontae Smith for $5? Javante. Yeah, I wouldn't keep Pitts personally. I would keep Eckler and Javante. Okay. From, who's this from? Dylan? Dylan. Dylan Dusty Dusty Silverman. Somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, northwest of the, oh, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, north of the border. Oh, like Vancouver? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I need keeper help. 12-team half PPR. You can keep players for three years with a two-year penalty. This is year nine of our league, and I made a huge trade two years ago, which included Mahomes. So I've kept him last year because of that. I won last year, so that's great. So keep three. Dalvin Cook in round one. Patrick Mahomes in round two. He must have meant a two-round penalty, not a two-year penalty. That makes more sense. Dalvin Cook in round one. Patrick Mahomes in round two. Eckler in round seven. Amonra St. Brown in round 13. A.J. Dillon in round 16. And this is the last year to keep Eckler. Can keep the rest for multiple years. So keep three. Cook in round one. Mahomes in round two. Eckler round seven. Amonra St. Brown round 13. A.J. Dillon round 16. Two of these are easy, and that's the running backs, Eckler and Dillon. Um... I mean, given the fact that there's all these keepers, I probably would still keep cooking around one, too. Just go all yep. running backs and then load up the receiver. Yep. Brian in Oxnard is in a half PPR league, Dynasty Superflex. How do you determine the order of the rookie draft in a Dynasty startup? Do you just include the rookie picks or actual rookie players in the startup draft, or is there another fair way to do it? Not sure if it makes sense to keep the vets and rookies separate, but I like the idea of two drafts. Please advise. Ethan. I believe what we did um, in ours four or five years ago was we just did reverse order of the startup. So we didn't, and we ended up doing like four drafts that summer because lots of things went wrong, but <laughs> we did a startup. And then um, for the rookie draft, we just reversed the order. Okay. And a that lot of people just, well for me, a lot of people just do one draft and include the rookies. So how do you determine yep. the order of the, of the draft? Like random, random. I, I, I generally mean, go point. in the order that I like people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why I get we, we did it that way, though, because we did the startup before the NFL draft. Right. So if you're doing it that way, then, you know, but since the NFL draft's already happened, I would just do one giant draft. All right, from Caden. Grade the trade in a 32-team PPR Dynasty League. The second-round pick is pick 211. So he gives up Michael Carter, 32 teams here, gives up Michael Carter, pick 211 in the 2022 rookie draft, and a first-round pick in 2024, and he gets Aaron Jones. Grade the trade. So 211, <laughs> you're not picking again until uh, 2024 anyway. 
Um, 211 is the 43rd <laughs> pick in the draft. Right. So, yeah, I would make this trade. Yeah. I'll give it a B minus. Yeah, I th- I think so. Like the only that 2024 first scares me because I, there's a way I could see that you're trading for Aaron Jones and thinking you're competing and by 2023 your team's bad. And it would really stink in a 32-team league to give up a top five pick for Aaron Let's Jones. the league at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the dynasty play. league, it won't be around in 2024. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for watching, for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tonight with the Schedule Release Podcast. Look forward to that. For Jamie and Heath and Shaggy B, I'm Adam. Have a good one, everybody. See ya.